0: Hello, it's time for another Fantastic Noise. In this episode, we are discussing specialist music programmes, speaking with KISS host and former University of Bedfordshire student, Tash LC. I'm Terry Lee, Senior Tutor in Radio and Audio at the University of Bedfordshire. Thank you for your time and for your ears. I have never been a specialist music host. When I dreamed of being a radio presenter, it was always about informing, entertaining, listener interaction and following the station's music policy. But as I got into management, I soon learnt the value and skills and audience-pulling abilities specialist music hosts and DJs could bring to a radio station. Quite often, specialist music programmes can be found on air in an evening, focusing on specific music genres, targeting specific audiences in my experience quite often the hosts of the program would be specialists in their field too often found DJing at gigs club nights and festivals the radio programs would be part of the brand and the brand would create a loyal community following one of my recent students tash or dj tash lc is a great example of this model Her stock is soaring. She is getting booked for gigs around the world. She has a strong online presence and she is currently on air every week on KISS following a previous successful spell at BBC Radio 1 Extra. But there's far more to her than her radio career. I'm a DJ
1: a uh, presenter on radio and on television a little bit too and I do live hosting stuff as well I run a record label called Clubieke and it's also a club night and I also run a night called Boko Boko and I do a show every week at the moment on Kiss FM I'm on every Sunday night from 12 till 2.
0: Tash is the sort of friendly cool young person who immediately makes people like me realise I'm not so cool anymore. At the University of Bedfordshire, she's an inspirational figure for our current students. She comes back to do talks, she offers advice, and her smiling face dominates the huge Radiolab artwork on the window of our studios. Her music specialisms are cool too.
1: Uh, underground sort of club music from across Africa, from across the Caribbean, from South America, from the UK. Um, and I'm also really interested in older music to more traditional styles from across um, Africa, from the Caribbean.
0: Tash is involved in music in loads of capacities. After we hear the conversation with her, and apologies that the line was occasionally scratchy, as you will hear, I will recommend something else to listen to, and we will have the radio word of the week. But here she is. I started by asking Tash to tell us more about her radio programme On Kiss.
1: So that's a good question. I think On Kiss you should expect to hear me playing stuff, kind of like global club stuff, which is basically encompasses club music, electronic music, um, like new stuff from the UK, from Africa, Caribbean influence things too, like a lot of percussion. So like club music with a lot of drums in it, but also techno, just kind of like danceable club focused things like make quite underground music um from new producers or producers I also do interviews on there um and I have a feature called the passport where I kind of check in with artists and DJs from around the world and get them to share a few tracks that sum up their city yeah that's pretty much what I do on KISS.
0: The music genres you know it's a relatively wide scope it's not super specific on a Mm. genre so is that because of the interests that you have music wise or, or was it because the station guests were looking for something specific
1: it's just i think it's the taste that i have music that i have music one 100 and i think maybe also a little bit to do with the fact that when they asked the residents to start they, they they got in contact with me and asked me to jump on as a resident and i think they didn't have anybody doing that playing the kind of music that i do it's nice to kind of be that face for it and that sort of representative for global club styles. But it's definitely all me. Like, I don't have any direction from KISS in terms of what to play and what not to play because I was very specific about that when I started. And I said, like, look, I do play stuff that's quite underground, that's quite like left in comparison to the other music on the station. So I just want to make sure that I'm not going to have to compromise. And they haven't made me compromise. So that's been, that's been really um big relief, I would say. It's been a big relief to know that I can kind of have agency to do what I want
0: who would you say your program you know was aimed at when you're you're picturing who who's listening to the kiss program on a Sunday night? who is that audience?
1: I don't really know. I don't really see the audience to be honest. I don't actually have a clue what the audience looked like, which can be a little bit strange on on a commercial radio because you don't have that engagement as much like especially because I'm on late and you can't really people aren't really talking on Twitter necessarily or right? I can't see hmm. so um it's generally like I would say people from the UK I would assume but then I think it's probably like quite a mishmash my mum listens every week bless so I'd say it's like a real big mixture of people that listen but I actually have no idea which is quite weird.
0: (laughs) No that's great though I mean that kind of in, in some ways must let you feel free to just express yourself rather than be constantly thinking about I need to to play this or do this feature for the audience you're doing it almost for yourself by the sounds of it it's your interests and you're giving a platform to the you know presumably the artists that you like
1: yeah exactly exactly that I'm getting to lead it myself and like I get to plan ahead and plan who I want to have on and most of the time it works out which is nice so yeah it's um I definitely have a lot of freedom which um which is very important to me because I wouldn't I don't think I would do otherwise
0: great Tash you've mentioned you know you're a DJ you're you're a host a great, confident presenter, even the record label, which is fantastic. So coupled with your expertise in in certain genres of music, this adds up to some excellent radio. Certainly, your DJing pedigree gives you a lot of credibility. Unlike most people on the radio who have branded a DJ, myself included uh, in the past, you really are a DJ, which is great. So what do you enjoy most about making radio? Is it the playing of the music or is it, you know, that other sort of content—the the giving a platform, the interviews, and and those things.
1: Mm, I think kind of like I really do enjoy playing the music. I think it's getting to give context to the music too, which I really enjoy, like getting to talk about the tunes, getting to like big up the artists and give like more of a story and a backstory to the people that I'm playing. So that's really important to me. But I also really enjoy the interviews. Like I've done some really great chat, had some really great chats. Um and yeah, I think I I really I really enjoy Probably like the interviews the most, I would say, because it's just a chance to really get to like know the artists and see what they're about beyond just like their music and get like, have just it's just so much more personal. And
0: presumably because you have this radio programme and you're talking to the artists, you get some insight into new music from these artists and, and things like that. Do you strike up some relationships as a result of doing the radio programme?
1: yeah I definitely do I definitely have had a lot of of like bigger artists that I wouldn't have imagined even getting to speak to let alone being mates so that's been amazing and I've met some really cool people I mean I met like even from like back into like 2015 times when I first got on started doing media I met my friend Hannah who I now run Boko Boko with and we're like best mates and I met her just through her doing a show and I was helping out as an assistant so I've met some really great people over the years um and it's like really like music is Allowed me to just connect with. Sometimes I still have to pinch myself in a way and go, "Wow, I'm actually friends with this person, or I've got like a personal connect, personal, you know, com- um, line of communication with this person that I've only, you know, only really like listened to and admired from from online from SoundCloud or whatever." So that's been great.
0: When putting together a radio program, do you, as a you know, specialist music program presenter, get a lot of production support? or are you left to it you know are, are there formats or running orders that you're expected to follow or or do you kind of have your own agenda in that regard how does it work
1: I would say that I did have a lot of production support like when I was doing like when I was <laughs> it's been a funny one like when I was on Kiss there, there was a lot of production supports I had my two um, producers with me all the time and they would always be in the studio, um, which was which was great because they would be giving me a lot of guidance. But then with Kiss, because I've only been doing it from home, really, I've only been in a, lot, a couple of times, which I did have support in. But now I don't really get as much um, because I'm kind of recording it myself. Then doing the liners with the producer, so there's a lot more like self-sufficient with it and with worldwide now I get a bit of support but I don't really not so much now because I've been on there for so long and I kind of know what I'm doing but I kind of like having production support to be honest because I'm somebody who's not very technical mm-hmm. so I've kind of missed having that with Kiss I'm hoping to get it back soon but it's mainly like driven by me to be honest I do it's quite independent now.
0: So how much say do you get in in the, the content of your program it sounds like in terms of music you get a, a lot of say do, but do Kiss for example make any requests regarding your your interviews or, or the other sorts of content or, or is that completely driven by you
1: no it's driven by me I mean they might have a track now and again that they'll suggest that I play um or that they have that might suit the show like worldwide we have a, an artist that might suit the show but generally it's me
0: cool that's interesting and and it sounds slightly different at, at different stations what about because you had a spell with um, BBC One Extra as well. Was the process any different? Because I know, generally speaking, BBC stations have more larger production teams. So was there more drive from the production teams there or was it different because of the specialist nature of your programme?
1: uh there was never drive in terms of who to get on it was that was me but there was like support for like just like technical things for interviews maybe like a bit of like interview guidance when I wasn't sure like how to how long to talk for or sort of like structuring and things like that there was more there was support on so I guess like it was I was in the studio the whole time every month and I was on it so there was yeah just a lot more like on hand support than there has been now but again it was it was predominantly me that was coming up with content and things like that and then they would help me with piecing together like my feature adding an id like that kind of and then adding it like kind of building it and making it sound really good which was great
0: what would you say you enjoyed most making the radio programs you make or you know playing at the the various events and festival events that that you do lots of weekends every year
1: as in between radio and live stuff.
0: Yeah. What, what what would you say? You know, heart hand on heart. What's your your favorite thing? What what drives you? What gets you out of bed?
1: What gets me out of bed? Probably gigs. I love doing gigs. To be honest, like I love playing. I love knowing I've got a gig coming up on a weekend, and like that's probably what drives me because it's just making people dance. Like getting to play is just so much fun most of the time, anyway. Obviously, it's not always the best, but I yeah, I really really do enjoy it. Like I think knowing I've got a gig coming up that I am excited because with gigs it depends on like venues as well and like the kind of parties I'm playing like if I know it's going to be a vibe where I can do what I want and have complete freedom then that's a great feeling but yeah i would say like gigs i, I get really excited about like festivals like hugely so i uh, it's just like such a different energy and and people are just ready and like especially now when people are so grateful to be out they're ready for like a whole day of just like fun and getting to be a part of that is really great so like yeah festivals are probably what excites me the most
0: no that's that's interesting and, and presumably though making the radio programs helps to I guess, drive up your general place on the scene. So so people want you to play at these events and then the radio programmes kind of feed in. They go together a little bit, I presume.
1: Yeah, definitely. They do, they do. They like, I would say it's obviously hard. It's not tangibly easy to see whether it's having an impact, but I'm sure it will be. Like, I think people can, it's a great way for people to see the style of music that I'm playing and like the kind of artists that I'm bringing on, the kind of artists that I'm, giving air time to so they can kind of get a sense of what I'm about. So I'd say that probably does does feed into to like the live gig stuff, for sure.
0: Yeah. It's it's all part of the Tash LC brand ultimately, I guess. Um, yeah, exactly. So so for those listening who you know want to follow in your footsteps, who see what you know what you're doing and want to do something similar, what advice might you be able to offer those, you know, those aspiring specialist music radio hosts?
1: I would say good question for specialist music radio hosts do your thing I think like don't feel like you know there's so many radio stations underground radio stations internet radio stations you can get involved with now I think like if you're in whatever you're into like there will be a space for you like you don't need to compromise I would say like, try and have a look around see who else is doing something similar. You know, the art kind of artists that you want on the show, maybe making lists, always really helpful, like Google Docs of the artists that you like, who you'd want to play, maybe getting in touch with people and being like, would you mind sending me your tunes? And so then you can start to get on people's radars and on their mailing lists. Um, Obviously at the beginning, I would say that buying the tunes, downloading the tunes, always like really, really helpful. And like just going on SoundCloud, finding out bits that you want to play. Um, effectively and I think that like definitely a big part of it is like reaching out reaching out and then like as much as possible because that's what I used to do back in the day I'd just be like making sure that I was trying to I would just what was I doing maybe like I I was spending loads of time just sort of like researching artists basically and then just like going in like archives of their music so like just developing like a real solid like bank of music first and foremost and then sort of like not worrying too much too if you're get your first radio show about trying to mix if you're just starting DJing like you can just play tunes and talk about them you don't have to worry too much about going into like a flawless mix the whole show because that doesn't always work anyway um but yeah I would say just like piecing together as much music as you possibly can to start with mm. and then getting in touch with with radio stations that maybe they're playing alternative music and seeing where you could fit
0: excellent would you say that that making positive relationships with, with people along the way is is something useful as well I hear that a lot in terms of don't be someone who is horrible to to people in 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 the industry
1: yeah of course like I think like for me like like kindness is key and like I would say you know it's one of the things about myself that I probably like you know honor the most or whatever is like I don't I'm always just nice to people and like talk to people and I don't have even unless I have a reason not to be so I think yeah it's key to and not every and also not everybody's an extrovert like I can be quite extroverted in this but then I can also be really shy but I'll try and make an effort to always talk to people and just say a little hello and I think it's just like you never know. It's not. I don't think it's even necessarily has to be as like um as transactional as. Oh, you never know what that person can give you. It's that's a part of it, but also just like just just nice to be kind. And I think that like just being sociable and as when okay, not being sociable because I just said if yeah, if you're feeling introvert, you don't have to be sociable. But I think just a smile even can go a long way do you know what I mean and and then there's a lot of people that I've met who I've kind of assumed were going to be a little bit like some one way and they're actually like really sweet um so it's more just try you know not being conversational and just like trying to get to know as many people as possible. And even if it's like, again, not in real life, online, if you're like not as extra, as you're wanting to talk to people like face to face, if you can just message somebody and be like, hey, I'm a big fan. Da, da, da. And sometimes I'll even send those messages without expecting anything in return, just like I'm a huge fan of what you do, keep it up kind of thing. And then people are really grateful for that. So, yeah, I would say that don't, don't assume the worst in people as well. You know, a lot of people might come across as one thing, but they might just be shy or just be like easily misread. So, just a smile.
0: Can smile like, yeah a smile can and go hello
1: yeah.
0: and a compliment
1: your set was great or you know um yeah i really love what you do your set was great or like uh it's just something along those lines just something sweet short and sweet it doesn't have to be like you know you don't have to be sucking up or any of those things i think we often tend to like overthink interactions too much and i uh, try to do let like, try not to do that where possible
0: and then just quickly tash based on you know the fact that you, you listed a long list of things that, that you do as part of your your day-to-day you know in terms of you've done some television as well as the radio and all the gigs and the hosting and your record label we're talking about we talked as well about building up your brand do you think building up a following is important to to find a break in this industry or do you think you get a following after that
1: I feel like you can, I I feel like I haven't consciously been building a brand that much until the past couple of years, really. Like, I think it can just happen naturally, like depending on what you do and who you end up. Like, I don't think you need to force a brand necessarily. Like, I think it's important in this day and age for you to have an identity. But I feel like for me, it probably just came through the music that I play and the music that I like um more so than it did anything else so I'd say that like yeah it's good you can be conscious of what it is that you do and what sets you apart and why you do it but that needs to be the main driving force rather than like this is the brand that I want to that I want to sort of but I think it should come organically from like having the redone bits content music whatever you want to call it like but then it should I think yeah ultimately it's, it's sort of like does need to be driven by what you do and like why you do it and like I think it will come in time it will come I think obsessing over like what your image is going to be is not it's probably going to kind of stagnate you a bit from actually doing what you do with like integrity so I think don't focus too much on the brand like it will come and you know it's always like you can always write down what what you want to achieve where you imagine yourself being but then kind of just letting the process happen is important at the same time so I think don't 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 overthink that stuff too much because it will probably just drive you crazy
0: great advice so so tash thank you so much for this finally one last question and we always ask everyone this question what are you listening to at the moment is there a presenter or a radio station or podcast or a program something that's got your ear that you'd recommend to others
1: um I listen to all sorts to be honest but like at the moment I've been really enjoying Jam Supernova on Radio 6 on a Saturday she's really great um I haven't really listened to that many like podcasts for ages to be honest I've always enjoyed Guardian and Focus They, I like the way that they sort of like narrate and structure their stories so they're like really accessible um so I listen to that one pretty regularly and I always enjoy NTS Radio just as a whole. There's always really interesting shows, musical shows
0: up there. DJ Tash LC there, who you can hear weekly on KISS. She gave us loads of insight. Here are a few things that jumped out from the conversation for me. Tash talks about the audience for her KISS programme, and the first person she mentions as a listener is her mum. My colleagues and I at the University of Bedfordshire often tell our students to imagine their mum is listening to them, someone you can be relaxed around but still aim to impress. But the wider point about the audience that Tash makes is that she doesn't really think about a target audience. She just makes the sort of radio programme she thinks best showcases the music and artists she plays. This is impressive and refreshing on a station like KISS, considering that commercial radio is often accused of being rigid or formulaic, clearly not here. When Tash talks about enjoying interviewing artists, she also mentioned receiving advice from producers and making those interviews as good for broadcast as possible. Relatively new radio presenters like Tash can often really benefit from the experience and knowledge of long-running radio producers. There is advice from friendly people and colleagues to be had from all over the place, so soak it up. That's the advice. I love that Tash spoke passionately about being kind and friendly and saying hello to people in a radio environment. I appreciate this doesn't always come easily to people, but treating colleagues or potential colleagues in a considerate way and generally being nice to be around can really make a difference sometimes. A smile can go a long way. Finally, we spoke a lot about building a brand. Tash's advice was that this was best done organically. Some people do focus on their image, or push or force their social media channels, perhaps before they've even worked out what their content really is, or what it is they are selling. In the age of social media influencers, I must confess I'm increasingly confused about what some of the videos and content Being uploaded is all about. But in terms of radio and audio, it is important to be mindful of your social media presence, how it represents your brand, how it promotes your activities, and how a radio programme can be an extension of all of this. Through her roles and activities, Tash is managing her brand very nicely indeed. You can hear Tash on Sunday nights on Kiss at Midnight, and you can follow her on Twitter too, at lc. After we spoke, Tash actually asked me for some podcast recommendations. I will tell you what I told her about something I've enjoyed listening to recently. Pieces of Britney is from BBC Radio 4. Host Pandora Sykes guides us through in eight thought-provoking episodes, a real-life story of Britney Spears. Released in a timely fashion at the height of the Free Britney movement, the podcast successfully follows a narrative, whilst also raising lots of points about how women are treated in the public eye. It also weaves in audio drama, with actors dramatising scenes of Britney's life. I can't explain why I decided to listen to this. I don't really care about Britney Spears or her music. But after listening to one episode, I was hooked. You don't have to be a Britney fan to appreciate the effort and skill that has gone into this series and overall fantastic storytelling. You can find Pieces of Britney on your favourite podcast app. If you would like to contact us here at Fantastic Noise, be it with audio you recommend, stories, suggestions for future podcasts, feedback or something else, find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at a noise. You can also email us on fantasticnoise at beds.ac.uk. Before we go, it's time for the Radio Word of the Week. Today, it is narrowcast. Narrowcast means to aim a broadcast at a narrowly defined area or audience. Though it's become more popular, as entertainment becomes more specialised, Merriam-Webster.com tells me that the term dates back to the early 20th century, coming into use shortly after we began using broadcasting to refer to the practice of sending out radio or television signals to a wide audience. But naturally, with the rise of the podcast term narrowcast is increasingly being used to describe those podcasts aiming at a very specific audience, and there are plenty of podcasts. Let's tick that box. Narrowcast is our radio word of the week. That is it for this episode of Fantastic Noise. Thank you so much for joining us. There will be another episode next week. Do subscribe, give us a rating and review and follow us on social media at A Fantastic Noise for future updates and previews. Thank you to our guest today, DJ Tash LC, who you can hear weekly on KISS. Our artwork was produced by Stu Elvin. That is Stu with a double O. And our theme music is by Liam Ayton, remixed by Daniel Potter. This podcast was produced by me for the University of Bedfordshire radio team part of the school of culture and communications and recorded in the studios of radio lab 97.1 fm i'm terry lee and this i hope you'll agree has been a fantastic noise